morning. Good morning. I'm glad to see some faces here. We weren't sure how many people would be here this morning, so we are happy that you're here, and Merry Christmas to you all. I hope you had a good morning so far. We have been enjoying just worshiping so far and just celebrating Jesus and him coming. Look at these little ones walking in. Hi, guys. Merry Christmas. <laughs> We're glad you're here. That's awesome. Well, we are going to get started this morning, but we want to go ahead and ask you guys to stand with us, and we're going to welcome the Holy Spirit in this morning. So if you would stand, then we will, if you would just pray with me, then we'll get started. Lord Jesus, we thank you for this morning. We thank you, Lord, for how we celebrated your, your birth last night and how special it is that you allowed us to just remember that and that you left us a history in your word that wrote it all down so we would be able to see the miraculous wonder of you coming here to be our Savior and our Messiah. Lord, I pray that we will not take that for granted, that this will be more than just a wonderful time of year, but truly just thinking about the wonder of your birth and the fact that you came here for us. Lord, we are grateful that we get to celebrate you today. And Lord, I thank you for just what you're going to do here. So we ask your Holy Spirit to feel welcome here. And we ask you to come in and move among us, move in our hearts. And I pray, Jesus, that we will just sing our hearts out for you this morning, Jesus, because we love you and we want you here. So thank you, Lord, for all you've done for us. And we welcome you here. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. Come on in, everybody. We're going to join in and begin our time of worship together. See 
Are you awake? Is your blood pumping now? Yeah, that one will wake you up. Would you guys turn and just tell everyone Merry Christmas? We are so glad you're here this morning.
I love Christmas. It's my favorite time, and I'm always like, oh, no, it's almost over. But it's not because he's coming again, and we are waiting for that, right? So I'm excited. And can you imagine what it was like for them to wait? This next song we're doing, the first line says, the world waits for a miracle. And are we waiting for a miracle now? Is anybody else just like, Lord, we need something. We need something. We need you. So I think we're in that place once again. And he said we'd arrive there again in the end times, that we would be waiting for him. And I am just waiting for his return. So I'm excited for that. So we're just going to kind of put our minds there and focus on his presence and where he is in us, in our lives. And are we allowing him in there? Are we allowing him to just come in? and to really speak to our hearts and where he wants us to be and how close he wants us to be to him. We should be just attached to his hip. And that's where I want to be. I just want to be tethered to Jesus. for a little 
You may be seated. Christmas. <laughs> Where'd you all come from? There were seven of us in here. I turned around and you're all here. Merry Christmas. I don't really want this time to end. I like having a light going on inside of me, some energy. And I know it's beyond me. And I'm excited uh, to share with you today. Uh, I, I do want to tell you uh, that we're not going to take offering like we normally do. There's a blonde colored box, blonde wood, uh, right in the middle in front of the sound booth, the offering box, and if uh, you want to do your tithes and offerings, that's where we're going to present them today, okay? Um, I want to light the candle that disappeared. Aha, the Christmas candle. Bad Christmas pastor if he uh, doesn't get this thing lit. It's a real easy job. John uh, chapter 1, we're told that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And nothing was made that was not made by Him. And if you go down just a little bit farther, you'll see that the Word of the Lord tells us that Jesus is the light of the world. And we just sang about that. On the day that we celebrate his birthday, we remember that love was born on earth. Jesus later would say, greater love hath no man than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. And then he did that. Incredible. I also remember that in Matthew 5 and the Sermon of the Mount, when Jesus was speaking, he said to the crowd, those who were with him, not just to the apostles, but to those that were disciples that had been following him, he said, you are the light of the world. I think the world is sufficiently dark to warrant the church coming alive for the light that we bear in us to begin to glow. I want to share the Christmas story with you. Um, I have to do this because Tim said we were supposed to do this when we were with our families. And you are our family. It's from Luke chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place when Quirinius was governing Syria. 
So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph went down from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in that same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, uh, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said, Do not be afraid, for uh, behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. So it was that when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came and with haste, and they found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the sayings which was told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at the things that were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned and glorifying God and praising God for all the things that they had seen and heard, just as it was told them. You know, uh, Matthew tells us about, uh, Matthew 2, I believe, tells us about the arrival of the wise men, the magi. If you have a nativity set, there's a good chance that you have wise men sitting around that in the stable. And they weren't there. Actually, they believed that those wise men could have come as much as two years later, which brings up another problem is what's, what are they still doing in Bethlehem two years later? But the wise men were not at the mangers, manger and in the stable. It says that they, when they found them, they found them in a house. And they brought with them three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Wonderful gifts. What are you going to do with myrrh? I, I believe that these wonderful gifts were God's provision for them because the angel is soon going to come and warn them to depart from that area and go down into Egypt. And they needed a way to survive while they're there. I, I believe it was what the Lord gave them. But this morning, I want to talk about presence. You have some under your tree? Or did you wipe them out already? 
we're going to meet with family after a while, and the only presents that they're not going to open are the ones from us. But I, I missed the madhouse. And last night, my youngest son and his wife gave their six-year-old a puppy. I don't think anybody got a shot of her face when her daddy came walking in carrying this puppy. And I looked at her and she was going, And everybody in the crowd, we're all sitting there looking at the puppy. And we missed that shot. I just caught it as she was walking across the room. That's not the kind of presence I want to talk to you about. Not puppies, not all the other stuff under your tree. I want to talk to you about the presence of the Lord that's granted to us. When he came, he didn't come just to be a baby in a manger. He came to identify with us. He came so that we could understand God's great love for us. But it all led to that cross. Because he came as the Lamb of God, the perfect sacrifice for us. But before he left this earth, he gave us a commission go into all the world and make disciples, teaching them all the things I've taught you. I believe that that's still what our mission is today. When Jesus came to the world, the world was a mess. I don't know if it was any messier than our world today. We're we're so divided. There's hatred, prejudices, anger, rampant. People will shoot you for what you believe. Not for something you did, but for something you believe. The Holy Spirit was given to us. I believe what God wants us to know about Christmas is that we're a part of this story a continuing part of the story. The love that was birthed in that stable that's touched our lives, that love needs to be expressed. I I don't know what, I don't know how it happened. I should know. as part of a clergy for years and years and years, that but somehow or other, we've been bought into the idea that it's up to the preachers to do that, and that's what we pay them for. And they should be encouragers, they should be equip, uh, equippers, helping us to learn how to share our faith. But our job, yours and mine, is to touch our community for Jesus Christ. We are the light. We need to have our ears open so that we can hear the Holy Spirit, so that we can sense the nudgings when God brings opportunities before us. The people around us, some of us, if we're honest, 
are hurting and broken and we have areas in our life that we've been in bondage to for years. One of the enemy's biggest tricks, I, I think the only real power he has over believers today is the lie. He will speak lies to your life. You'll never measure up. You don't belong. You're a failure. Your ears are too big. Uh, your nose is too wide. Uh, your forehead is too shiny. Whatever he can speak into your life, and I believe this happens lots of times when we're young, and I don't think the church has done a good enough job of telling us that some of the things that have held you back in life have made you hide your light under a bushel. Those things are just lies. You're good enough. Jesus Christ gave himself for you. Did you get that? For you. He loves you that much. And he didn't leave us helpless when he went away. When he ascended into heaven, we have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. This story of the Christmas story goes on and on and on. Only if the church will let their light shine. I love this church. I've been a little disgusted with us at times. But then I've been a little disgusted with me at times. But I love what God's doing here. Soon, we're going to get a new pastor. Fortunately, we'll have Ben and Kelly for quite a while until that happens, I guess, whatever that time thing is. But I don't want that new pastor to walk into this place and find a church that we're all sitting around with our light like this. Because if this church is really going to take off and grow like it should, and we're going to impact our community, it's going to take you and I. And we're just going to have to get open and honest. Here's my question, and then I'll take a seat. When's the last time you shared your story? When's the last time you shared, even in your family setting, do your children know how it is that you became a follower of Jesus Christ? Do they know how he's impacted you? Does he know, do they know about your heart, how it's been changed? Do they know about the miracles that you've seen happen in your life? Have you been healed? Have you been used by God to touch other lives? I, I know that I've, I've told you before the few times I've been up here on this platform that there are people who think that God is distant and far, far away. And when we just tell them about, I got saved, that doesn't really mean a whole bunch of them, to them. What means something to them is when we start talking about the now God, the God who's still at work. Not 2,000 miles away, not looking distant, but he's working in my life. He's changing me. 
when Jane and I first got remarried, some of the old junk that had happened in my life surfaced back to the top again. I didn't deserve her. She's way, way above me. So I was jealous. I had lots of junk in my life. And I kept finding these books, one book, and it would be sitting next to my chair. Then it would be sitting at my table place. And then by the nightstand. And then it would find its way to my pillow. It was unavoidable. And finally, I was disgusted with reading the book. Why, why does she do this? So I just started reading it. I took it in the library, you know, the library, where you can secretly read. The name of that book was Anger, Anger, Anger by Tim LaHaye. I hate that guy. I read the whole book, and I got to the end of the book, and about the last two or three pages, he finally tells us what causes anger in our life. You know what that is? I was a master at it. Selfishness. And I was disgusted, and I closed the book. I don't think it's in our library anymore. Not even the real library. And over a few months, God began to show me how selfish I was. It was disgusting. And I was appalled that I looked like that. And that I didn't get my way. That things didn't go my way. I'm going to tell you what. I, I, I'm, I'm probably at some level a whole lot better than I was, but I probably have a ways to go. That's Holy Spirit working in our lives. I tell my kids that God transformed me. He gave me a new heart. I want them to know how it is that they ended up growing up as a PK. I, I want them to know that. It, it, there were some parts of it I was pretty legalistic about things. I, I don't want them hating that. I don't want them being disgusted about it. But I also want to know their stories. I want to know about how God's worked in their life. What is it that, that's impacted you? What is it that's changed you? If we can't do that in our family units, how are we going to do it on the street? How are we going to do it with somebody standing in line at Walmart? Don't go there. Uh, how do we share the Lord? Somehow this has to come off. We have to remove the hindrances and be bold. You are the light of the world. And I'm glad to be associated with you. Amen.
Thank you so much, Leary. Good word. I'm glad. Does everybody else have a library at their house? <laughs> I love that. And good woman, Jane. You're leaving that book around everywhere. <laughs> I think it is important for us to tell our stories about how we came to know Jesus. But even more than that, um, our kids need to know that. Our friends need to know that. And then just how Jesus moves in our lives, even the simple little tiny things. I had one time when I was praying, I was on the interstate, got off on an exit, and I said, Lord, I was just desperate. I just needed to know he was there. I wanted to know his presence was there while I was waiting on a big decision-making thing that I had to do. And I was just, have you ever been at that place where you're just like, oh, Lord, please just show me something. And I looked in my rearview mirror, and this big semi-truck had pulled right up to my rear window, just right in the window, and there was a big lit cross on his grill. I said, thank you, Lord. I heard you. <laughs> so it's good things to share those things. I love it. So let's stand together. We'll sing our last song. And then I just pray you guys have a Merry Christmas. You bless me. I love this church family. So let's just sing our hearts out for him. And then we'll go home and have a wonderful rest of our day.
to speak life over you in all your relationships, in your family units, on the job. May God bless you and use you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he bless you, empower you, and grant you peace. Let your light shine. Blessing to you all. Merry, Merry Christmas to you. Thank you. From time to time, you know. Yeah. Push. <laughs>